Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Does the administration agree that parents upset about their kids' curriculums could be considered domestic terrorists? Well, let me unravel this a little bit because the National School Board Association is not a part of the U.S. government. Regardless of the reasoning, uh, threats and violence against public servants is illegal. When I was at the Justice Department, it was focused on going after MS-13. Now, apparently, it's going after parents of 13-year-olds. Well, attacking school board members has always been illegal. But anyway, uh, the, uh, the the battle between parents and school boards and teachers and kids and everything it just keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter, it seems. The rhetoric certainly gets hotter. Indeed. Yeah, and the Goldwater Institute has entered the fray. Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, vice president for litigation at the Goldwater Institute, joins us. Tim is the author of many fine tomes including uh, The Right to Earn a Living, The Permission Society, and, and many other fine things. Tim, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's always a pleasure. And so I, heard tell- you, I heard George Will mention you on the podcast the other day, so congratulations on that. That was very cool. Thanks. He's always been very kind about my work. He called himself a student of yours. I mean, come on. That, was, that, that blew me away. I, I admit I had to text my mom when I heard yeah, that. Yeah, how would you not? George Will wouldn't mention me unless I rear-ended his car while texting. <laughs> it's, just, it's not going to happen. Um, so, Tim, uh, tell us about this case. How did you uh, come to be involved in the whole uh, Fairfax School District versus Moms situation? Well, what happened with here was these two mothers in Fairfax County, Virginia, filed a Freedom of Information Act request to get information about how the school board was spending money on lawyers. They think that the school board spent too much money on legal representation. So they just asked for to see the receipts, and the government turned over the receipts, and then it realized that they were a little embarrassing. And by that time, these two mothers, Callie and Deborah, 
Callie had published this uh, information on her website. So the school board sued her, demanding that she delete it from her website and not disseminate the information contained in the documents that they lawfully acquired, which is a blatant violation of the First Amendment. So they called us and we filed a, a, a motion just yesterday asking the court to throw their lawsuit out and to allow them to publish information that the First Amendment allows them to publish. Now, clarify a couple of things. As I understand it, there were no kids' names involved. Was was there any right. sensitive personnel information of all uh, names and addresses or anything? Well, the, some of the documents that the school board turned over, yeah, they had failed to redact some of this information. Callie then went and redacted it and posted it on her website. And the school board does not claim otherwise. Their lawsuit, they do not actually say that she published any kind of sensitive confidential information or anything like that. They've put that in their press releases because they're trying to smear her. But in fact, she did not do that, and they don't claim that she did. Instead, what they say is this information is, is our information, and we want you to return it. They say return, which I think is so bizarre because there are no physical documents. These are just computer files. I don't know how you return a computer file. But anyway, so the court has ordered them not to disclose the information in these receipts that shows how much the school board is spending on its legal representation, which, again, is totally unconstitutional. The Supreme Court in the in the Pentagon Papers case said that the nation's leading newspapers had a First Amendment right to publish stolen military documents in a time of war. Well, certainly my clients have the right to publish information that they legally obtained from the school district that are just government documents. Well, I find myself wondering, and, and I know, you know, bad-mouthing judges isn't really cool if you're, you know, having a case <laughs> before them, but what the hell was that judge thinking? Well, a lot of the time judges want to hold things still until they get a chance to, to hear the, the, the arguments of both sides and things like oh. that. So they or- and that's really unfortunate because it is unconstitutional to forbid uh, uh, Callie from publishing this information. So we've asked the court to reverse that, and, and we're going to have some briefing on that going forward. But this is just another example of what you said at the beginning of the segment, that the, this is a, a, a trend of school boards bullying parents and trying to intimidate them when they stand up to either challenge what's going on in the classrooms that their tax dollars pay for, or in this case, just ask questions that they're legally allowed to ask. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about, and I didn't know if, you know, since you're actually involved in the case, if you're willing to go kind of macro on this, but you just did, on uh, what is going on nationwide? Is it because it's the first time in so long that parents have mobilized and challenged these people and they're not liking it? I think that's exactly what it is. And we are, we're doing another case, similar case in Rhode Island, where a parent asked for information, and the, the teacher's union sued her for simply filing the request. And that case is still going on. So, I, yeah, I think what's happening is that the, the, especially the unions, especially the teachers' unions, they see government schools as their fiefdom, as their domain. And, and how dare we mere citizens, mere taxpayers, try to control how our tax dollars are being spent and what is being propagandized in the government classroom. Well, what's that, uh, that candidate that's likely to win governor over there in Virginia uh, who said in one of the debates the other night, we, we can't have a system where the, the, the parents are deciding what we teach in schools. That's what he yeah, said in right, the debate. Yeah, Terry, Terry McAuliffe, yeah. yeah the, the, the whole vision, you know, the, the, the public school system as we know it today is largely the creation of the progressive movement of the early 20th century that designed the current public school system as a means of instilling in children what the government thinks children ought to think and believe. As Woodrow Wilson once said, the schools exist to make the children as unlike the parents as possible. 
And, and I think a lot of public school teachers and the teachers unions really take that seriously. And they really don't like the idea that parents might be interfering with the education of their own children. It's, it's really a shocking way of, of abusing power, but that's what's going on. And it's worth pointing out that this, the teachers' unions are extremely effective at getting sympathetic school board members uh, elected. So many, many school boards are, are leaning way that you, way you sang, and toward progressive causes and philosophies. You you saying that, Tim, makes me want to ask you, what what is your feeling about the public school system in general? I mean, I know you're adamantly not going to have kids, but if you had kids, would you put them in public school or not? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and, uh, and in a lot of the school districts in this country, I think the, the best thing you could possibly do for your family is to withdraw your children from the government school district. The government schools exist largely to, to propagandize to children what the government thinks they ought to know. And although there was at one time a standard of quality that you could find in some government schools, I think that standard has just totally collapsed, no matter how much money we throw at it. And that's always the argument on this side. Oh, we don't get enough money. And when you actually look at the amount of money, it's scads of money yeah. that we oh, yeah. go into the public school system. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's multiples what private schools uh, spend to achieve better educational outcomes. And, I, we're able, and we're able to stay open during the pandemic with much less money. Right. I think it's absolutely tragic and heartbreaking. New York City schools, which have systematically lowered standards and passed kids ahead, particularly poor kids, kids of color uh, who can't read and write, they've now eliminated their programs for uh, gifted and talented education. Now we have completely, well, New York has completely eliminated the idea of some kids who are very bright need to be challenged more. I I think it's disgusting i've i've said i've said before on the show that government people think government is our parent and it's not government is our child it it, we pay its bills it's our job to discipline it and yet we think somehow it's okay to turn over to the government our youngest citizens our, our future citizens our future generations to be taught by the state about what to desire and not desire, what to think and not think about our past, about economics, about you know the, all the big questions. Is it any wonder that so many of them graduate thinking that the government is right and, and the, the only solution to our problems is government? The, I, I think it's a terrible idea in any democracy to turn over the, the minds of our young uh, would-be citizens to the hands of the state. Yeah, I don't want to get too far off track, and we can get back to your specific case if you want to in a second, but uh, the podcast I was referring to the other day where George Will of the Washington Post was being interviewed about his book when he invoked you was when he was talking about this new move toward equity as opposed to equality, and he said this is the, the, the most radical thing that has happened in 240 years of this country's history that we're moving toward wanting equal outcomes for everybody and uh you know and that's the sort of thing they're obviously teaching in schools absolutely 40 years ago the the big debate among philosophers was what is justice does justice mean equal outcomes or does it mean the ability to pursue your own happiness and and uh, attain it and nowadays we've just skipped over that argument entirely and it's as if we just assume that justice means equal outcomes and so we're just going to pursue equity, which means taking away from those who have more and giving to those who do not and judging people on the basis of color because their ancestors were discriminated against and so forth and so on in order to equalize outcomes because we just assume that that's justice. Well, that's not justice. It's injustice. Tim Sandifer's on line, vice president for litigation at the Goldwater Institute. Uh, Tim, I want to turn back to the topic of schools, at least for a minute. The uh, infamous Merrick Garland memo of the other day in which he made it clear that the Justice Department would be looking into 
and it was it was a very wishy-washily worded memo, but in a, in essence, any sort of fracas at school board meetings nationwide. What do you think of my my test case yesterday? Was uh, I get a little uh, out of hand? I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm at a school board meeting. I get mad, and I say to somebody who who tried to shut me down, one of the school board members, somebody ought to kick your ass. Do you think yeah. the FBI right. ought to be involved in that? You know, the vagueness of the memo is the goal because it is true that there have been a few incidents of parents going too far and, and actually, you know, threatening or, or even harassing or intimidating school board members. And, of course, that's illegal and wrong. But the way this memo is written is to allow people to, in the government to smear those who simply, you know, get angry or are really passionate about something, to smear them as if they're engaged in some kind of violence. And we know this has been the rhetorical trick in the past couple of years to use words like violence or, or um, safety in ways that don't make any sense. If you disagree with somebody, now all of a sudden that's an act of violence and you're, you're harming their safety and so forth and so on. And that's, what this me- that's why the memo is written vaguely, in order to use it as a club against people who simply get angry at the way their school boards are misspending their money and mishandling their responsibilities. You know, Tim, you, for me, are one of the mad ones, the ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time, the ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing. I thought I'd hit you with a little Kerouac poem based I on a tweet. I that must be Kerouac. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. What's going on here? What the hell are you two up to? Yes, I can, I can, I can do without the beat generation, you know. <laughs> There's a Quillette article out saying the, the, the beat generation is about to be canceled, and Tim retweeted that and said, I don't think that'd necessarily be a bad thing. So, as a <laughs> oh fan of Jack Kerouac poetry, and Tim being a published poet, I thought that'd be a good thing to throw in there. In oh fact, my. I have a book of poetry coming out next spring. There you go. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I guarantee you, we will love to have you on to talk about that. All right. Fantastic. All right. And I didn't see that coming. Tim, the lawyer, <laughs> Tim, Tim Sandifer, vice president for litigation at the Goldwater Institute. Uh, we will, uh, you know, we need to post a list of Tim's books. Although if you know how Google works, you can find them, uh, cause they're <laughs> terrific. Tim, uh, we appreciate the time. Thanks a million. Thanks guys. Really appreciate it. All right, you got it. Tim, as a real highfalutin poet, is not a fan of uh, Beat Generation poetry. i got to admit that the Ginsburg Howl I've read a hundred times, and I don't get at all. I don't understand why it's a masterpiece. That doesn't mean it's not, but I don't get it at all. If the proverbial uh, infinite number of monkeys and infinite number of typewriters cranked out something and I read one of them at random, it would make as much sense to me as that uh, thing did. Or uh, William Burroughs' Naked Lunch, which I've attempted to read many times and just can't get more than four pages in. But... Some of the Jack Kerouac poetry about walking the streets of San Francisco in the middle of the night going from dive bar to dive bar, as a guy who's done that a thousand times, I thought was absolutely just brilliant stuff. The legendary Third and Howard, and if I get drunk, I get. I mean, there's some good stuff in there, I think. And if you've never checked out uh, Kerouac reading those poems with Steve Allen playing the piano on The Tonight Show, it's really cool. Sounds like verbal pornography for drunkards to me. I don't approve. <laughs> well, it might be. I won't have it. It might be, actually. Um, that was good stuff right there from Tim. And if you just caught the tail end of it on the podcast, you can catch it. Just go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.